The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. It's time for the season finale of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. da 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 it's the season finale. Who gave her caffeine? No one. Um, <laughs> actually, so ADHD jar. Chink. Um, something they mentioned is that, like, obviously Adderall is an amphetamine, but instead of speeding up people with ADHD, it slows them down. All of a sudden, all of those times I passed out after chugging coffee and Monster suddenly makes sense. <laughs> because, oh... I'm drinking these things to try and stay awake, but the kick is slowing my brain down. So my brain is finally like, ah, we can relax. So, hmm. I, I don't have that type of ADHD. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to drink Red Bull to go to sleep. It put me to sleep every what? single time. I would chug a sugar-free Red Bull and I would be asleep 30 minutes later. What the fuck? Every single time. Yeah. Good times, good times. Also, um, hair clips um, are back in, and I'm very excited because they're good for your hair. They don't damage it, and they're so boom. From the moment I did the clap, clap, a little click, click, my hair's already done. Amazing, and it looks so good. Cash is still all of our energy for today. I I had to. I Kat got can't to even see... say anything. She just is gonna do hand gestures, which is very useful for an audio audio format. podcast. <laughs> it's fun. I saw one of my old work friends today who drove up from Dallas to Nashville and then made That's a drive. Not close. No, <laughs> it is not. Being a person who lives close to Dallas. Yes. Okay. You. Okay. I was like. I feel like my editor's in Dallas, but I can't remember if she's in Dallas. You're in Dallas-ish. I'm, yeah, I'm much closer to Fort Worth. But I live, oh, okay. I live in what's called the Mid-Cities, which is just basically where all of the suburbs of Dallas and Fort Worth have just slowly migrated. So now there's no break between the two. It's just suburby city all the way through. Yeah. So because I am very good at geography, I am aware that there are only a handful of cities in the entirety of Texas, and it is Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Galveston, and whichever, El Paso, I think. Yes. And those are the only cities that exist in all of Texas. <laughs> you also forgot the biggest one, which is Houston. <laughs> Nobody cares about Houston. I'm aware Houstonians care about Houston, but the rest of Texas doesn't give a fucking shit. <laughs> But yes, also Houston. Uh, but yeah, so about Houston because it gives you a way to get to Galveston. Let's be very clear. Fair. 
But yes, so she came up here and I got to hang out with her and I was rocking our merch. Woo! And the fire whiskey looks especially good because I haven't nursed my child in 48 hours, so the girls are big. Hi, oversharing again. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> that fits because the first thing I thought was tits up. It's like, you know. <laughs> I'm very excited for like this week where it looks like I got a boob job. Less excited for the coming months where it looks like I have deflated balloons. <laughs> but anyway. Hi, Cap. You owe Cap for the baby jar. Oh, dang it. Okay. Hi. Hi. So, it's the season finale. It's the end of book three. Are you excited? Oh, so excited. I'm so excited to be left on yet another cliffhanger <laughs> and have to... Wait, yes, I'm so excited. <coughs> okay, but literally me when I found out that Glow was not the last book in the Plated Prisoner series, what? I was so excited. I was like, Wait. that series is ending. Fuck. Sorry, I know. I shouldn't be talking about another book series when we're talking no, about no, this. No, 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 but, but we knew this when she announced Glow. I did not. I missed that. We had a whole conversation about this. Did we? Yeah. We had a whole, we had a whole Hi, conversation. Hi, my name's Story. What's your name? <laughs> I saw a boat. It went this way. Because, because when they announced Glow, it said book four or five. And we both went, oh, shit. Yeah, so Okay, I forgot about that. Well, whatever. Um, also, speaking of FOMO and sequels, um, I am the only one in the room who has not seen Top Gun 2 yet. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh, it'll hit you in the feels. Like, I had some tears, yep. man. Yep. Feels, but also, like... Mm. It was not Tom Cruise, just the other people. Yeah, because in the (laughs) beginning, when they had that thing where he's sitting in that chair thanking all of us, my dad sits over, he listens over to me, he goes, is that Tom Cruise's dad? And I'm like, (laughs) I know, he didn't age well. I know. know. He aged like a human. Humans age. But uh, I know, but he, the the filler, like ooh, okay, he's got yeah, the no. chip bunk cheek, like the filler, man. Okay, yes. When you try to contradict nature, then you stop aging. The, the as Scientology well. assholeness. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. John Travolta did the same thing with the fillers in the cheeks, and I'm like, but Although, why? also, he finally looks like he's sixty. I mean, he Who? doesn't look Tom sixty. Cruise? He just finally looks like he's not thirty-five. Fair. Yeah. But yes, I'm very excited. Also, um, throwback to a previous episode where we talked about movie memories. Um, I have two. Uh, movie memory number one is the when I was watching Top Gun with my parents. Um, it was it is one of my dad's favorite movies. It is my favorite movie, bar none. It is always number one. That, that there's a revolving door of the top ten, but Top Gun has always been number one. It was cute. Hannah Beth was like, "You really should rewatch the original just so well, you like pick up on things." Sure. Well, yeah, but no, but it was cute because it's like she said that, and I'm just like sitting there, like I can start reciting the entire movie right That's now from start fine. to finish. <laughs> it's fine. It's your special interest. It's, it's my special interest. But I very clearly remember opening scene. Bah, 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 bah. I ran out of the room and I grabbed a composition notebook, one of the classic ones with the black and white marble. Mm -hmm. And I ran back in and I flipped it open and I took a pen and I drew a flight panel and I sat there with the entire movie with my little flight panel. I was like, I was probably like 10. It was not an appropriate movie for me to watch. But in my defense, uh, the sex scenes involved a friend of mine's mom. So like, it's fine. It it was just Miss Kelly. So yeah, we went to high school with Kelly McGillis' daughters. Is y'all's life? I 
actually, Kelly McGillis um, started the female touch football league and competition that takes place every year in Key West, um, which I think she started she after did. she came out. Um, but her, yeah, she's got two girls, Kelsey and Sonora, and they're both super awesome, amazing people. Um, but yeah. Interesting. So many yes. things. Oh, just... and second movie memory. The first movie that I ever saw in theaters was with Kat. We went that to South Pocahontas. No she doesn't. I remember getting her dad had a white truck and he had the suicide doors on him and we got in the back seat and I thought the suicide doors were cool. Um but yes, that is a very that's a core memory. I don't know why, but I remember him pulling up and he was at like the front part of my front yard, not the back part near the telephone. I don't know why this is so clear in my brain. But I remember where he parked. I remember getting into the back seat. I sat on the passenger side. Kat sat on the driver's side. And we went and saw Pocahontas. I don't remember actually seeing Pocahontas. I just remember that's what we were going to see. Best friend. Absolutely no memory of this. (laughs) And that's fine. Wait, Kat said she had three things. Oh, yeah. Kat said three things to mention. Not movie specific, I don't think. but Okay. Number one. To toot my own horn, yes. I think I need some kind of mug that says meme queen or something. Because I was like, <laughs> I was very proud of my memes this morning. <laughs> so like, good. I find good memes. Like, I need something. Not, okay. not only do you find good memes, you have continued to find good memes for, for two, two fucking and years, years. Yeah. and I not know. repeated. I know. That to me is true. Because I love it when other people post later. And I'm like, didn't you see my post? I just did that this morning. Sorry. Yeah. But whatever. For the record, for people who are listening to this later, we are recording on June 20th of 2022. In case you're curious. Oh, yes. So check out the memes from June 20th, 2022. And, And if for whatever reason you are not following us on Instagram and don't see our meme Monday and Instagram stories or not following us on Facebook and part of our Facebook group. That's where Kat posts the meme Mondays. I also put them on Twitter just in case nobody. Oh, I didn't realize we had them on Twitter too. Yeah. Cause I realize that some people don't have a lot of platforms. So I put them everywhere just in case. I just also don't get on Twitter unless I'm watching a football game if i'm being honest like that's the only reason the only I'm on time twitter. i get on twitter is when i need to bitch at a company and get answers fast because their interns respond yeah so i i need Trifix. a mean queen mug or something because i am very proud of myself okay number two so my friend audrey's very behind on the podcast <gasps> her and her fiance only listen when they're in the car they've been okay. in the car a lot recently so they got up to the point where hannah beth had Colin, so she wasn't with us in the recordings mm-hmm. and I ran into them at Publix today and her fiance looks at me and he goes, you and Claire tangented so much when Hannah Beth wasn't around. And I literally screamed in the car, Hannah Beth, come back. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And it makes and me I happy. I was like, yeah, we got issues when she's not around, but did you tell him that I'm also got a whole bunch even after yes. he was born. <laughs> yes. Because mm-hmm. they haven't gotten there yet, but I'm like, just you wait. And he was just like, dude, I'm like, what, what do you want from me? And number three, I have an announcement. Oh. I have landed myself a job, guys. <gasps> what? What did you tell me? What did you tell her on the podcast to tell us? 
Yes. I yes. literally just bought you a card that I was saving. I was like, this is the perfect cat gets a job card. And I was like, the minute she gets a job, I'm going to fill this card out. And I'm going to send it to her. Oh my God, it's a sign. I just realized yes. that Mike is trying to put my kid to sleep and I just <laughs> screamed out loud. Yeah. Oh That's my God, so cat. So what, get used to these late night recordings, y'all, because... <laughs> And yes, I've known since last Thursday, and I waited till Monday to tell you. You waited to do it live. Oh my god, it's just like when I did the thing on the podcast, and oh god, we. Uh, she didn't know that I was pregnant until we did the gift swap for our one year anniversary. That is not true. That yes, it, it is. She she found out live. Me. Oh, that's she right. found out live. I. It was that she. It was. It was you. It was that James was a boy. I was like, no, you. We guessed, and then you couldn't keep your shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 She found out that I was pregnant. All right. Yeah, because you freaking tricked me. We're going to do podcast. Yeah. Whatever. And I told y'all live I was pregnant. What you did. What am I supposed to do with a onesie? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Circling back, I do want to say I actually went and looked at Kat's memes again, because I remember they were good, but I couldn't remember all them. Um, Lily, why are there little handprints on the wall? James to baby Harry. Why are there little handprints on the wall? Baby Harry. Because I have little hands. James to Lily. <laughs> because he has little hands. <laughs> Serious. What is love? Peter. An emotional minefield. Remus. A neurochemical reaction. James. Baby, don't hurt me. I think that one's... I am James because the first... <laughs> Thing I thought when I saw what is love was baby don't hurt me so I'm really glad James said that anyway yes great memes so excited I should probably open fanfic.net but in the meantime cat for the last time in season eight what happened was oh honestly I was a little bit confused what happened was because this chapter was basically Claire reading me something, then Hannah Beth setting something up or explaining to me what Claire just read. So I was very confused about what the crap this chapter was about, because all I really understood is that Shia took parts from other chapters and I guess put them together or something. So I don't really know what happened was, because I was confused. So what just... happened? <laughs> just for, for clarification for the audience, last week's raw audio was over two hours long. <laughs> It was like 2.06. The fact that I get it down to 1.28 or whatever it was when I went live is nothing short of miraculous. I didn't realize you got it down that low. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, yeah, I no. y'all's entire beginning tangent before I called it. That's how I got it. Oh, that's low. right. That's right. That's right. I forgot we had a huge long tangent at the beginning. 25 minutes of tangent. <laughs> 20 minutes. Sorry, not sorry. Um, But yes. <laughs> so yes last episode was jesus um it was the super long uh rundown of everything that happened between the end of chapter 123 and chapter one book one so um it was basically just a very quick recap with or no 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 no, no through the end of book one sorry so, yeah, basically yeah, so, so it was it was it basically covered all of book one. It was parts of the timeline that had already happened in book one. It was in book one, but it was scenes or perspectives that were not originally read. 
So what I yeah. was reading was the original book one story part, and what Clara was reading was the old additional scenes or alternate perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. HB okay. was reading the summaries um, that uh, Shia so kindly provided for us. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we did that run through, and that basically covered, yes, all of book one, but it was all of book one with now the knowledge that Hermione is Maya and knowing all of Maya and Sirius and Remus's history. So um, very, very exciting. And that brings us to chapter 125, Remus's Gift, September 19th, 1998. Sorry. It belonged to Harry's family. Now it's yours. Sirius's fingertips lingered on her skin as he clasped the bracelet around her delicate wrist. When she pulled away from him to look it over, he remained close by so that he could feel her unconsciously brush against him every few moments, especially when she began panicking. I'm not a potter, Sirius. I can't accept this. Hermione shook her head, extending her wrist to Harry. He stood nearby, smirking at her, as though it was funny that Sirius had just given her an expensive potter heirloom. Harry, you should... Nope, Harry said, cutting her off immediately. I agree with Sirius. You're my sister, and that makes you a potter. Besides, I like the idea of you having something that connects you to my family. If anyone honors the words of my house, it's you. Courage and craft... Might as well just say Hermione Granger. See? Sirius gestured to, to Harry. Even Harry says it's okay. Hermione shifted, looking uncomfortable. I still don't feel right about it, but fine. You can take it back any time you want, Harry. When you have children of your own, you can pass it along to them. Harry, laughing, rolling his eyes fondly at her. Just take the gift, Hermione... And stop arguing with everyone. You've fought every single person who brought you a birthday present tonight. Well, I told you not to get me anything in the first place, so it's not my fault, she countered. Jesus. Sorry. What? His stomach is super loud. <laughs> oh, is it yours? Yeah. Okay. I, I heard it and I was like, was that my stomach? <laughs> that happened last week too, which is why it's funny. Like... I don't want to talk about it. I just realized I booked tickets to see Top Gun 2 tomorrow, but I can't eat popcorn or any food at all. Um, yay, peeing out the butthole starts oh. tomorrow. Right. Um, so fun fact, it's no longer a 24-hour prep. It's only like a 12-hour prep, but I can't last eat time. anything. Yeah, you covered that. That's, That's unfortunate. I'm not excited. <sighs> I think we're missing a big moment here. Sirius cut in. I gave a birthday gift, and I haven't gotten any thanks. Thank you, Sirius, Hermione gently murmured before she leant in and kissed his cheek. Sirius took the opportunity to breathe her in, lightly resting one palm against her waist on the side where Harry would not see. He heard her take in a sharp breath at the intimate touch, and he buried his ache for her beneath the anxiety that had been building in him for weeks. He was more than nervous, he was downright terrified, Remus had emphasized that the original calculations for the time Turner turned portkey had been done by Maya herself, but it did not do much to reassure him. 
They spent the entire summer fiddling with the time turner that Remus had stolen from the Department of Mysteries over a year ago, testing the port key function with their fingers crossed and praying that they would not accidentally send themselves back in time in the process. Finally, Remus confirmed that everything looked to be in place. They were ready. But Sirius did not know if he was ready, ready to say goodbye to Hermione, who was just discovering her feelings for him, ready to see Maya again, who knew him like no other and loved him like no one else in the world ever could. But why the hell would she still want him? He had practically destroyed himself in her absence. He was damaged goods at best. Now, if the two of you are done forcing presents on me, I'm excited to go down to the library and read all my new books, Hermione grinned excitedly, hugging Harry before disappearing down the stairs. Seeing Remus approach them, Sirius turned to ask Harry, Will you go make sure everyone has gotten out all right? I was just going to say goodbye to Hermione, Remus mumbled absently, anxiously looking at Sirius. Thankfully, Harry did not seem to notice. I feel like that's just a running theme in every single book. <laughs> Oblivious Harry. This is, like, the reason that all fanfiction seems vaguely plausible, because Harry is freaking oblivious and mm -hmm. is the least observant narrator of all fucking time. Yes. You could stay here, Remus, Harry offered, or loop Teddy with us. I'll remember that when he's screaming in the middle of the night, Remus said with a chuckle. Sirius rather enjoyed knowing that the bags beneath his friend's eyes were from dealing with a child rather than the full moon. We have plans. Thanks, though. Maybe another night. Take care, then, Harry smiled, clapping his shoulder before walking back to the drawing room, leaving Sirius alone with Remus. Fuck. He groaned, as soon as he knew Harry was out of earshot, running his hands through his hair. I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Can wizards have heart attacks, or is that just a muggle thing? It'll be fine, Remus assured him. What if we just don't send her back? Hermione likes me. I think I can live with that, Sirius muttered, anxiously, his heart racing. If she doesn't go back, then I break the unbreakable vow and I die, Remus stated, narrowing his eyes at Sirius. I'd like that to not happen. I'd be greatly missed. Millions would mourn me. Sirius scoffed. You sure do think highly of yourself. Stop stalling. Remus turned him around and shoved him towards the staircase. Go. We're supposed to be with her before she vanishes. It'll be fine, it'll be fine, Sirius mumbled to himself as he and Remus approached the library. Peeking into the room, he smiled at the sight of the witch who was already looking at a box that held the time-turner within it. Decades of missing her followed by years of waiting for this moment, and suddenly it felt like it was all happening too fast. Sirius almost wanted to stop her from opening the box. What's that? she asked him. Remus slowly stepped forward. That's actually for me. Hermione looked surprised. Oh? Dora and I are heading out. I wanted to come and say goodbye. Sirius watched as the two embraced. He envied Remus, who had known about this moment for years longer than he had. Remus, who would be the one to leave in the hopes that Maya would return to them. Sirius, meanwhile, had a much worse job to do. 
I hope you had a wonderful birthday, Hermione. You really deserve something good after everything you've done. Let me open your present while you're right here. Sirius felt his heart drop into his stomach as she reached for the box. Thankfully, Remus stopped her. No, wait until I leave. It's private. Oh, for fuck's sake! Sirius rubbed his hands down his face, trying to make it look like he was just tired. I mean, it's just, you may not like it. The next time I see you, you can tell me if you like it. Is everything okay? Hope so. Remus gave her a tight smile before letting her go, placing a hand on Sirius's shoulder before vacating the library. He's got a lot on his mind, Sirius explained as he let out a breath he'd been holding. We've been going through a few stints of nostalgia lately, brought up some intense memories from the past. He shrugged his shoulders and slowly walked completely into the room, reaching for her bracelet-clad wrist and tugging her toward him, grinning when she nervously swallowed. It's almost the day after your birthday. Hermione nodded, blushing. Merlin, he was going to miss that. Before we dig into old magics and awkward adult conversations, will you allow an old dog one last moment of recklessness? She nodded again, the words apparently stolen from her. Shaking, Sirius cupped her cheek with the palm of his hand and leant in toward her, ever so slightly brushing his lips against hers. He had to hold his breath to avoid catching the scent of her, as the urge to devour her would be too strong otherwise. He wanted to tell her everything right then and there, but Remus insisted that it was not how it had happened the first time. One kiss was all he was allowed. He wanted to tell her that everything would be fine, and that he loved her more than he could ever possibly say. Loved her just as she was in this moment, as Hermione Granger, muggle-born witch. He wanted to tell her that he would always love her, no matter how she changed, or who she became, or what she was called. Happy birthday, kitten, was what he ended up saying. No matter what happens, promise me you'll just try to be happy, all right? He thought of all the times Maya had been miserable growing up, the nightmares that Hermione was already having, the ones she would carry with her into her life as Maya Potter, the worries about the future war and Death Eaters and James and Lily. He wanted to tell her that he had forgiven her. My bogart would have been the two of you telling me how much you hated me. That's, Sirius began, impossible, Remus finished. Maya, you're my best friend. I could never hate you. I actually can't think of a single thing you could ever do to make me hate you. He's right. Why the hell would you be afraid of something so stupid? Sirius asked. Because you're that important to me. Because I'm terrified to think that in 20 years you'll both be gone, everything will have changed, and you'll just hate me. Sirius stared into her chocolate-brown eyes, reaching up one last time to touch her shoulder-length bushy brown hair. I could never hate you. Sirius, I don't under... Nope. No more talking until tomorrow. Now, open Remus's gift. He's been fussing about it forever. Sirius stepped away from her, though his gaze never left her face, trying to commit his last moment with Hermione Granger to memory.
He smiled at her, feeling bittersweet. With that, he forced himself to move towards the double doors, taking one final look at her before slipping out of the room. So yeah, I feel like that's basically the last part that we got out of book one with Sirius and Remus, because after that she touches it and goes poof, so it's just, I love how it crosses over and we get to see the different points of view. Also, I'm extending because we're only at 33 minutes and we're halfway through the chapter. This is going to be a scene. I, I just texted my husband that I really wanted some chocolate ice cream while we're on a random tangent. And he goes, hmm, sorry. And then for work, he has been working on it. This is related, I swear. He's been working on a project for this whole thing to advertise stuff through... Um, Twitch live streams. Hmm? He's currently on Discord talking to the actor that played Zero in Holes. <gasps> Just casual. Wait, Just... Corbin Blue? No. Um, no. Cleo Thomas. No, okay, yes, sorry. I always get them mixed. It's the curly hair. They were both big at the same time. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gotten them mixed. Corbin up. Blue's little sister went to college with me. She was in my dorm. He was on campus all the time. I hate you. <laughs> I never met oh, him. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> to quote Hannah Beth, what is your life even? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh, I never, blue sister. I never met him, and I only talked to her a couple of times. Like, she would have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. Also, Blue is a pseudonym, so it's not like you could just, like, look her up. <laughs> Fair. I went to college with Michael Jordan's son. He was on the basketball team. He wasn't very good. <laughs> well... <laughs> anyway, Whoa. I just, uh, uh, that was, the response back was, sorry, LOL. I'm currently chatting to Cleo Thomas on Discord. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so like, new life goal achieved. Um, I want to super casually just be like, mm, sorry, I can't come talking to, you know, Ryan Reynolds on Discord. Bye. I was yeah. in a restaurant with Olivia Newton-John when I was little. I remember that. Yeah, with the boyfriend who disappeared. <gasps> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. He, like, faked his death or something, didn't he? Yeah, because I think he got in trouble for, like, taxes or something, and he was avoiding Classic. the law or some crap like that. And I does. also walked into a restaurant that Jerry Seinfeld was walking out of, and my mom tried to get a picture of him, and all she got was the back of his head. So, like, <laughs> somewhere there's a picture of Jerry Seinfeld's head. And I know we've said this before, but I do love bringing it up. One night I sat next to a Backstreet Boy for two hours and gets still <laughs> Every time I bring it up, she just gets so angry and she does the because trash, trash, Growing trash. up, Nick Carter was my favorite Backstreet Boy. And she didn't realize it until he left because the bartender said something to her and I was so mad. And my hair wasn't washed that night and I looked like crap and I would have came down to the other side in my pajamas just to get a selfie with him. I don't give no craps. And also, by the way, I'm mad at Kenny too because one time he was in freaking Home Depot. <laughs> so, you know what? Does oh, he yeah. live we, in she was? We should probably mention, house. yeah, they, they live, they have a house in the Keys. Oh. So like Aaron and Nick Carter were in Key West all the freaking time. Aaron Carter can go suck a nose. Yeah, no, he was a little weird. Um, My sister used to be a bartender at a bar that did karaoke 
and Nick Carter would come in and do like old rock and roll songs and apparently was like phenomenal because it was one of those things like everybody expected him to be like poppy whatever but no he was actually like really freaking good at like the classics like the the man can sing like obviously he's an international singer they all can sing it's just together they sound good yeah sure i will say like i can tell i've gotten older so my first love was kevin which is funny because i feel like nobody liked kevin it was either nick or brian Nobody liked Howie. Howie was just sort of awkward. I think it was a funny time. Yeah, and AJ was on too many drugs. But now as a grown-up, AJ is... Yeah, I know, right? And after watching that documentary they came out with, I cried. I I was like, the lives you guys have lived, I, oh my god, I had no idea that you went through that. Well, on a lighter note, if speaking of documentaries, if you want a good female empowerment one, the JLo documentary on Netflix is fantastic. Ooh. The halftime one? Cares. Huh? The half yes, time? the ha- yes, the halftime one. And, and the NFL is a messed up organization because yes. the day Wait, before the yeah, well, the day before the Super Bowl, they called her and was like, "Yeah, you can't do this in your show," and she's like, "The day excuse before, excuse me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what? The, the fact that they picked, and they keep doing this now, but they picked two headliners. I know. She J-Lo was so mad carried, about that. Yeah. J-Lo could have carried so the show mad. solo. Shakira yes. should have carried the sh- show solo. Yeah. Why the fuck did they her, make them share? Her, yeah, because her manager was like, they picked two Latinas to do the job that one could. Like, they didn't yeah. need to. And also, I didn't realize that they only get 12 minutes. Yeah. To yeah. do the show. It's 12 minutes. Because they have to set up time. and tear down in 20 yeah. minutes. Like, yep. it, it was ridiculous. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Two people didn't need to do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have two things that made me laugh about that. So, <laughs> especially this past year, which was like, you know, all of the hip hop gods that were doing it. Um, there was so many things that were like, wow, halftime shows at the of the Super Bowl have gotten so much better. Not like what they used to be. It was like these this music of these old people. And they're like... Oh fuck, we're the old people. <laughs> like, yes. So there's there's that. And then the second thing is um y'all were talking earlier about Backstreet Boys, and I don't know why this has never occurred to me prior to it when you were talking about it, but I had a friend in elementary school who I don't know why I vividly remember this, but it's insane. For we had like state mandated testing. Mm-hmm. And you had to write an essay as part of their, like, reading, writing, oh, no. language arts one. Wrote a story about how she met in sync. All of them? Just Justin? I don't know. Basically, the story was about how she never washed her hand again because she touched some of them or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, third grader. <laughs> I just find that hilarious also her older sister went on to be the dallas cowboy cheerleader and like just like anyway what a wild life so just like that's the first thing i think of when i think of that chick (laughs) she didn't wash her past my house once so i had to take a shower oh yeah (laughs) yep yep no like it, it was cool to see a presidential motorcade go past your house and i did take pictures but i needed a shower there, there's pictures of George Bush holding me when I was a kid. I'm sorry, there's what? What? 
There's pictures of You were a baby who got kissed by a president? No, he wasn't even governor yet, but yeah. He was holding you, like, in his arms? How the fuck did your family know pre-politician George Bush? He was already a politician. He just wasn't governor. He was running for governor. Okay. To be fair. Wow. Um, His ranch is in Crawford, which is outside of Waco. Mm -hmm. Although I think this wasn't in Crawford. I think it was in McAllen when he was campaigning for governor. Because there's pictures of... So there's a... A girl that I grew up with who was born like 40 hours after me. And so there's pictures of him holding the two of us. Like there are pictures of him holding the twins, his twin daughters. Aw. So, anyway. Also weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Texas! <laughs> yeah. My mom said he was super nice, so. Honestly, he seems... You don't have to agree with his politics. I think yeah, you don't have to agree with his person. politics, but like, yeah, he seems like somebody I would enjoy going to a barbecue with. And he is notorious around the Waco area because he still is out. They're still at the ranch at Crawford all the time. Yeah. So Crawford is maybe half an hour from Waco. And so there's tiny towns between Crawford and Waco that have small diners and all sorts of stuff that the Bushes have gone at, gone to, to for decades. decades. And they're the most chill when they're there. And what's great is that those towns like let them just come be be people. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. I f- will forever believe that GW really just wanted to be a painter but oh. did what his dad made him do just cuz okay, it was the bush thing to do. And then as yeah, soon as he was like, okay, pretty good. They've he, really he's good. a good painter. Yeah, he's but yeah, a good no, painter. I, he peaked politically. You don't get any higher than being president and he was like I'm going to do what I want to do now. Yeah. yeah. Bye. And I, I believe one time Claire, like, kind of got invited to go shooting with the McCains. And I don't think she ever took it. I didn't. I should have. Yeah. But. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even like guns. And I was kind of jealous because at the time Megan McCain was, like, my idol at the time. Because I yes. like, like how she's no BS. But. Sure. Like... Yeah. Anyway. That was tangenty. It was. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, the dead of time. <laughs> anyway, the dead of time. Uh, la, 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 la. You but. paused right before we don't know what happens next. Yes. Which was such a good place you, to pause. Which I think is why you stopped there. It is. So, Cat, like would you a, like... Oh, yes, Cat, <laughs> would you like to take guesses? About what? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Do so, I ever want to take guesses what's going to happen? <laughs> that's fair. Well, Sirius so, just said he has to do something that he's not excited about. So what do you think he's going to do? It's, we already know this part. He gets, she doesn't. It, yes, we do. How does book two happen? No, no. What Sirius has to do now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, We know she's going to touch the thing, go blue light, bloop, and go back to the past. But Sirius was like, yeah, I have to go do something I'm not super excited about. So... Nothing. Nothing. No. no. no it's no, fine. No, no, it, no you know reaction. what? Don't fuck with tradition. <laughs> Love you. Why are you looking at us like we have two he- I guess we do have two heads. Two heads. Two of us, but <laughs> We're like a hydra. Or, Please don't cut I, one of us away. I can hear the people screaming at me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, this is the point where, like, previously when we've asked this question, there have previously been... Previously on Dead of Time. There's been foreshadowing hints for what's going to happen but there hasn't i mean there has been but also not really no like it, it would be a well huge, because nobody knows right so it'd be a huge swing in the dark 
for yeah. her to have guessed what's about to happen. Haven't y'all noticed that I don't pick up on clues very well and I don't do social cues very well? I would make a horrible detective and I've watched Law and Order. <laughs> like, I can't... that definitely makes you a lawyer. Yeah, yes. I am a lawyer and I'm a doctor because I watch Grey's. Like, you are a amazing. doctor. Yes. Honestly, yeah, Grey's Anatomy surgery. did prepare me really I'm well just, for my surgery rotation. I'm like, just, I, You talked yeah, about that last but week. But I can do surgery. I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying... I did research. I took notes. I could walk him through the entire procedure. I was very excited. I just am cracking up at Caitlin. I'm not a doctor. You you're li- you were literally a doctor, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. I'm not a doctor. No, you were literally a doctor. I bet a, I could be a surgical doctor. Yeah. Is there a doctor on board? Yes. Craig, sit down. You're a PhD. Trust me, when I oh, was God. talking about my <laughs> cervix with Brittany once, I was like, yeah, because they said that sometimes people can't carry their own kids after it. And then she's like, yeah, but we both watched Grey's Anatomy. You can just be like Addison and sew it up until the time for the baby to come out. I'm like, yeah, oh, there God, you go. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of friends who had to have that done. It sounds effing terrible. Because <laughs> I started dilating it. I, I'm wholeheartedly adding to the baby jar, but I started dilating at 30 weeks. Huh. And so if it hadn't stopped, they were going to have to do that to me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no thank you. Opposite problem. Not a fan. Anyway, the death of time. Once in the hallway, he met Remus, who was pacing back and forth. The two men stared at one another, eyes wide as they quietly waited. Remus chewing the inside of his cheek, Sirius nervously bouncing his leg. When a blue light from the library behind them pierced the hallway, reflecting on the walls for a split second before vanishing again, both men exhaled at the same time. You look, Sirius said quietly, eyes closed. Wait, is he going to jump back in the veil? Because he's technically supposed to be dead? (laughs) No. Spoilers, but no. (laughs) Swing in the dark. Yes. Is it going to happen? No. <laughs> we did tell her to swing in the dark. We did tell her to swing in the dark, and she swung. I think that's the first swing she's taken, so we're proud of you. It's actually... It's actually not a bad swing. Like, can you imagine if she just disappeared and he instantly died? Like, fuck. That that's so fascinating. But that's a fascinating... Yes. ...story concept. Anyway, going back into the veil... Remus acquiesced and walked back into the library, returning after a brief moment. She's gone. Oh, fuck, Sirius whispered, leaning forward. He put his hands on his knees and took several deep gulps of air. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay, also, I feel like we would all do the same thing. (laughs) Like, that would be my immediate reaction. Hold on, my stupid earpiece is wrapped around a wire and it keeps dragging my ear down. And also banging really loudly. I do what I want. Please don't. (laughs) Fair. It'll be fine, Tonks reassured him quietly as she approached Teddy sleeping in her arms. I'm going to take Teddy to Mum's. Do you want me to come back here? I'll send you a Patronus when... When you find her, Tonks finished. You better go. She stood up on her toes, kissing Remus on the cheek. Good luck. I'm so excited for you both. Sirius, breathe. Taking a slow, deep breath, Sirius brushed off her concerns and gently shoved at Remus's arm. Get out, Mooney. I need to... Oh, fuck. I need to tell Harry. 
It'll be fine. Remus patted him on the shoulder. I better hurry. With a final nod to Sirius and Tonks, Remus kissed the top of Teddy's head and rushed back up the stairs. Sirius could hear it when the front door closed, followed by the sound of disapparation. Remus had long since been able to apparate quietly, so the resounding crack that echoed from outside told Sirius just how nervous his friend really was. Merlin, he hoped he didn't splinch himself. "'Go on. I'm just a Patronus away if you need me,' Tonks reminded him, with a bright smile before moving towards the fireplace in the library and vanishing in a swirl of green flames. Sirius stood in the hallway for several minutes, letting the silence of the house wash over him. He tugged at the silver chain around his neck nervously before finally growling at his own cowardice and walking up the stairs towards the drawing-room. When he found Harry lying on the sofa, finishing off a plate of birthday cake, Sirius grinned. A grown man, or even, but still just a boy at the same time. His boy. Sirius swallowed hard as he tried to imagine every possible scenario that could come from this kind of confession. There was a strong chance that Harry would be furious. He never was one that took well to information being kept from him, and for good reason. But Sirius was hoping that he would look at all of the facts and decide for himself that the fewer people knew, the better. It was already bad enough in Sirius's opinion that Narcissa and Andromeda had found out. The two sisters had been badgering Sirius all summer for information regarding Maya's eventual return, as though they were already scheduling luncheons and tea with their long-lost black cousin. "'Harry, come have a drink with me,' Sirius jerked his head towards the other room, where he had already set out a bottle of fire whiskey. Harry looked up at him and nodded, setting his empty plate down on the nearby table before standing up and following Sirius into the next room. They sat down beside one another, and Sirius poured them each a drink. "'Is everything all right, Sirius?' Harry asked. "'You've been acting, well, a bit strange the past few days.' How could you tell? Sirius attempted to joke. Harry quirked his brow, looking impatient. Merlin, you look like Lily when you do that. Sirius chuckled softly, swirling his drink in the glass. Would you like to know some things about your family? Harry's eyes lit up at the question. Yeah, of course. Sirius stood and walked to a nearby dresser, waving his wand to unlock one of the cabinets at the bottom. He removed a large book and brought it back to the table. He set the copy of Nature's Nobility, a Wizarding Genealogy, on the table, and looked at Harry. I remember this, Harry murmured, reaching for the book. We found it when we first came to Grimmauld Place after Bill and Fleur's wedding, when we were looking for the Horcrux. You said the Potters weren't in here. He looked from the book back to Sirius, who had started tugging on the silver chain again. I, um, I lied. Potters were in there, but I vanished the page before you could see it. Why would you do that? Harry asked, warily. It'll all make sense soon, Sirius promised, opening the book. It doesn't matter, though, because you'll find what we need on the Black family tree. What do you know about your grandmother? She was a Black, Harry answered. Doria, right? One of the most brilliant wishes I have ever known in my entire life, Sirius said with a smile. Your grandmother was as Slytherin as they came. He chuckled and watched as Harry's eyes widened. Back then, at least for Doria, it was a good thing. 
serious Slytherins weren't always synonymous with Death Eaters and prejudice, you know. I was a prat about the house when I was a kid, but I knew a few that were actually pretty decent. The wizard that invented the Wolfsbane potion, he was in Slytherin, went to school with us, actually. And there were others, he continued, thinking of Regulus, who, apparently, had not turned out to be all that bad in the end. There was Snape, whom the wizarding world was calling a hero these days, and Maya's friend Laurel from the Ministry, who had put a great deal of effort into trying to help Sirius when Maya first disappeared. Doria was brilliant, cunning, and ambitious, but the most loving and accepting woman I'd ever met, Sirius went on. She didn't just take me into her home when I ran away. I'd practically been living with your dad and his family from the start of Hogwarts. I think I started calling them Mum and Dad when I was 14 or 15. They took in Remus, too. Remus had a rough go of it with his family as well. But the Potters, Doria especially, we were hers. When she died, she was surrounded by her children, even though she'd only ever given birth to James. Harry took the book into his lap, flipping through the pages of the Black family tree, which Sirius knew could be difficult to decipher, considering half the wizarding world was interwoven into the family in one way or another. Sirius laughed to himself as he noted Harry had purposely skipped over the page, showing the Weasley connection to the Black family, clearly not too keen to find out just how closely related he and Ginny were. There she is, Sirius pointed to Doria's name, letting Harry make the connection himself. Harry scanned the family tree, his lips quirking up when his fingers brushed over his parents' names and then up to his own. He lingered over the date of their deaths for a moment before his brow furrowed. Sirius knew exactly what had drawn his attention. The only movement on the page was a name down and to the right of James, fading in and out. Who's Maya Potter? Sirius anxiously chewed on his thumbnail while bouncing his leg beneath the table. Instead of answering... Oh my god, cat's face. Oh my god. (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on. Why don't I ever have screenshot stuff up ready to go? (laughs) I'm just gonna embrace it. (laughs) She has no words. (laughs) We're just gonna have to clip this whole nonsense. Thoughts? Can you put thoughts to your brain? To those faces? Whoa. Succinct as always. Also, this is killing my fucking throat. Whoa. So you're drinking Sprite? Very flat Sprite. Uh, Oh, but it's still sugary. (laughs) I don't know. It's soothing. All right. Whatever. Just whoa. Whoa in what way, cat? (laughs) Yes. Okay, cool. Glad we cleared that up. (laughs) Feel free to interrupt it. Something more verbal comes to mind. Please. Sirius anxiously chewed on his thumbnail while bouncing his leg beneath the table. Instead of answering Harry's question, he reached for the tumbler of fire whiskey and took a long drink, savoring the flavor which gave him a boost of courage, not from the alcohol, but from the memories it contained. Maya Potter... Was your fifth? I was about to say, was your fifth or sister? <laughs> nope. 
I'm sorry. Way to ruin the moment, Claire. Maya Potter was your father's sister. Harry's jaw dropped. My dad had a sister? What'd you say? Mine did, too. I said mine uh. did, too. Oh. Jaw. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, your dad used to have a sister? No. Jaw dropped. That makes more sense. No. Serious. I was like, this is news <laughs> that still her Santa suddenly died? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's depressing. No, jaw dropping. No, that's what you shared. Got alive. it. Got it. Makes sense. Funny. It did. She did. Her jaw literally dropped. <laughs> it, it did. There was a wide open mouth and like the fish face of like, uh, 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 uh. You remember in Aladdin when the genie <laughs> yes. jaw just like that? That's me. It was. That's it was pretty me. close to that. Yeah. Harry's jaw dropped. My dad had a sister. Sirius dipped his head. How come I've never met her? Is she still alive? Why didn't anyone tell me about her? The questions came quickly, not giving Sirius a chance to answer even one until he reached out and put a hand on Harry's arm to draw his attention. You've never met her because she went missing in September of 1979, Sirius explained. She was a part of the Order, like the rest of us, and one day she vanished. Dumbledore and Moody told us all that she had been on some sort of secret assignment and had been killed. Harry frowned. Oh, he said, looking down. So how come her death date isn't listed? Or her birth date? I asked those same questions when she went missing. Maya, she... I... Sirius's shaking hand reached again for the fire whiskey. You loved her, Harry finished for him. Sirius nodded. I still love her. Oh, Harry actually being observant for once. <laughs> oh, and by the way, she's your friend and she was underage, but then when I was with her, she's not, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> and Just wait. I, I kind of did something <laughs> dirty to her in the orchard with Sirius, yep. but... Mm -hmm. uh, Remus and I had a threesome with your sister right over there. <laughs> Fun way to get decked at a wedding. <laughs> tell me about her, Harry insisted, and Sirius could tell that the boy was doing it more for him than himself. He had not looked at a mirror since earlier that morning, and Sirius could not help but wonder just how haggard he looked right then. She's the reason I met your father. We met in Diagon Alley when my mother took me to get all my supplies. She was introducing Regulus to some wizard gamut ponts, Sirius said, rolling his eyes. So I sneaked off. I'd wanted to go look at the brooms, but when I was passing Flourish and Blots, I saw some tosser knock over a little girl. Being the polite and chivalrous young man that I was, he said with a devilish smirk, I went to rescue the fair maiden. Harry chuckled at the story. She made a few jokes about my name, and then introduced me to her brother, who'd run off screaming at the kid that pushed her, Sirius recalled, who happened to be Snape. Harry's smile faltered. Snape? Snape pushed my aunt? We were eleven, Sirius shrugged, knowing that after Harry had seen Snape's memories in Dumbledore's Pensieve, the boy had taken to getting riled up and offended on the Slytherin's behalf especially since the man was no longer around to defend himself. 
Remember how I told you before that we didn't get along with Snape from the beginning? I'm sure this was the trigger incident, even if it may have been an accident. But he was a prat about it. And your dad? No one hurt Maya. James loved his sister almost as much as he loved you and Lily. I get it, Harry said. I feel the same way about Hermione. I meant what I said tonight when you gave her that bracelet. She's my sister. <laughs> and your aunt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the twisted lives they do live. It's like when you find out that your grandma uh, and her husband were second cousins. Wait, your grandparents are second cousins? Claire? No. In general. Oh, I, no. Like, I'm if you found saying. out. There was some sudden revelation or something. No. I actually knew a couple that were first cousins. No, I, there, there's a... Nope. No, there's a channel that plays Gilmore Girls reruns in the one where Lorelai's yes. in the basement of Grand's house and Emily finds the carbon that's right, like just, right, right, just right. popped into my I head. I just, um, so... My, my parents are not related. Let me start <laughs> with that. But my maiden name is Roberts. And there were more Robertses at my parents' wedding related to my mother than there were to my dad. Huh. Because my maternal grandmother's maiden name was Roberts. Roberts. So all of my mom's cousins are Robertses. Robertses. The only Robertses related to my dad were his immediate family members. (laughs) Everybody else at the wedding was related to my mom. Which was endlessly... Confusing. Confusing for my husband, who met some of my mom's family and my dad's family on the same day, all of whom are the Robertses. Same last name, but different sides of the no. family. O- only the Robertses were my mom's side of the family. So he like could not, for the life of him, keep straight who the hell these people were or how they were related to me. No, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> nope, not going to happen. Yeah, it's just like my dad's assistant... Her boyfriend has the same last name as her. I have a friend who got married last week who her new husband has the same last name. Yeah. And when they first met, they had to ask their parents, like, you're sure we're not related? Yeah. Because they grew up in the same area. So they were like, wait, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. are you sure? Right. And I'm like, Mm -mm. well, at least you don't have to re-monogram your towels. Oh, God. Or change your name legally. Yeah. But you know what right? is also a pain in the dick? The Listening worst. to a podcast and then they go off on a tangent when you really want to find out what happens next. So, anyway. Zedet the time. Mainly because I want to know what happens next. I did. Call but also I really want to keep going because this is really good. <laughs> I love this part. I know, son. Sirius said, feeling a rush of guilt for having stolen that from him. There was no real guarantee that Maya would return in place of Hermione. Even if she did, he had no idea how the witch would look at Harry. Brother, nephew, maybe even stranger. So how did the two of you... Harry began. That's a story for another time, Sirius laughed, thinking of all of the terrible and amazing run-ins in the fifth floor corridor at Hogwarts. Maybe when you're older. Harry rolled his eyes. So what was she like? Brilliant. Fierce Merlin helped anyone that crossed her. She was bloody frightening when angry, and I should know because she was angry with me all the time. 
She was as studious as your mother, but had a wild streak like us. She was so smart when it came to magic. She played some of the best pranks. One year, just because my brother punched me, she and I sneaked down to the dungeons, and she put a modified notice-me-not charm on the entrance to their common room. Harry joined in when Sirius let out a happy laugh. What happened? They slept in the corridor until Slughorn came round to fix everything. Sirius said with a grin. She could change charms and alter potions and transfigure anything. When she took her newts, she beat out McGonagall's old record. Only Remus beat her exam scores, and she often said he cheated. She sounds like Hermione, Harry said, his tone full of awe, except for the pranking part. Sirius snorted, feeling uneasy. Yeah, she was very much like Hermione. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Harry cleared his throat. Sirius, I know you said it wasn't your place to say, and I've tried minding my own business, but Hermione is like my sister. If my dad was as protective over his sister as you say, it's only right that I do the same thing, he said, and sat up tall in his chair. I don't know what it is, but I know something's going on with you and Hermione, and I want to know what. Sirius stared at him and did not make a sound. I forgot about this part. Sirius, if you're trying to replace your old girlfriend with... <laughs> I don't know if I can read this with a straight face. So she has cats making a face at us. Oh my god. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so that's kind of like um, our, our certain friend who has two Kyles in her life. Oh god, life yes. The two Kyles. Kyle and a Kyle. No. Mm -mm. Anyway, they anyway, don't have time. No. Oh, fuck. Harry. M Merlin. This is complicated. Look, Hermione and I... I... I can't tell you. He stammered out the words regretfully. Hermione should be here for this. Fine, Harry stood. I'll go get her. Sirius's eyes wide if... <laughs> well, I'll be a search for you. You gotta go searching about... 30 years in the past. <laughs> Shakes. Remus apparated outside of Hogsmeade and made the long walk up to the gates of Hogwarts, staring up at the still-broken castle. The new wards and protections had not been put in place yet, so the gates opened for him without hesitation. He stayed relatively quiet as he moved towards the school, knowing that the only people inside would be the few teachers that were preparing for the approaching term still a delay due to reconstruction. He and Dora had talked about helping, but with Teddy so young, Minerva had all but completely refused their offer. She insisted that they be with their child as much as possible, considering that the war had separated so many families. Eh, proof this doesn't take place in America. Oops. Um. <clears throat> Sorry. Damn. Remus had, however, taken a few days over the summer to come up and help with a few things, mainly constructing the new protection spells for the areas that would be set up closer to the start of term. Minerva had offered him his old position as a professor back, ready to fight the ministry in their anti-werewolf legislation on his behalf. He had politely declined, insisting that he could not bear to be away from Teddy and that both Dora and Hermione were practically forcing him to sit down and write a book. 
there was not enough information about werewolves available. Considering Greyback had basically been let loose at the command of Death Eaters during the past year or so, there were likely to be new werewolves emerging in need of guidance. Gryffindor Tower had previously been demolished, but was now almost entirely reconstructed, and Remus smiled at the sight of it. Slipping in through the front doors, all of the secret passageways had been destroyed during the war, or discovered and blocked in its aftermath. He pulled out the marauder's map that he had nicked from Harry's room earlier that day, and tapped his wand on the top of it. "'I solemnly swear that I am up to no good,' he whispered, and watched as the map opened before his eyes. He saw Minerva pacing in the headmistress's office, no doubt going over lists of things to do before the students began arriving in just over a month. Slughorn was in his chambers in the dungeons, Pomona in the greenhouses, Phileas in his office, Filch in the kitchens, and Poppy was in the infirmary, very likely stocking up on potions regardless of the late hour. The halls and the classrooms were empty. Remus moved swiftly, a part of him wishing that he had brought the invisibility cloak with him as well, but he figured that Harry would notice that missing before the map. As an R, even in training, he would be more likely to use it than a visual aid of Hogwarts. Remus wondered how Sirius was doing with the conversation he had planned on having with Harry. He quickly made his way through the halls and through towards the old defense classroom, where he had charmed the time-turner to Portkey Maya. It was a risk, of course, sending her to Hogwarts, but as Maya informed Remus long ago, the defense classroom was where she had arrived in 1971. After considerable thought, he decided it would be easier to keep the same portkey destination for both trips to avoid any potential problems. Opening the door and closing it behind him, Remus moved aside the desks and chairs in the middle of the room, just in case. He stepped up to the old desk, his old desk, and sat down on the edge of it, staring with anxiety and anticipation into the empty space in the middle of the room, willing it to be filled as quickly as possible. He glanced down at the pocket watch that had belonged to his father, noting the time and swallowing hard as his eyes turned back up to the center of the room as it was suddenly engulfed in a bright blue light. End of book three. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> the middle quiet... <laughs> so so what does bright blue light mean cat oh my god so so what does bright blue light mean okay i understand that she's coming back but like this brings me back to the conversation where you tried to draw me a map and it still didn't work no i'm just so i'm like I'm- I'm, I'm not so trying confused. to get you to guess anything. Just trying to make sure you're aware of what the blue light means, because we've seen it three times now. Yes, I know what the blue light means. I just Jesus. So ah. and now we take a two week break. So Kat's homework during the two week break <laughs> is to listen to episode ninety seven. Because that is the author's note at the beginning of the next chapter is you might want to reread Dead of Time chapter 97, again, just as refresher, which is the um, chapter in which Maya disappears. Oh, that's right. So, Kat, handy dandy notebook, go listen to chapter 97. You can skip through all of our tangents so you don't have to hear your voice. Oi. 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 Oh, yeah. That's the one that starts uh, with 198 grains oh. of sand. Oh, God, not the sand shit. <laughs>
<laughs> you never have to deal with sand again. Don't tell her that. Well, I live on an island, Claire. Fair. I think I have to Fair. deal with sand. You have sand. to deal with sand for the rest of your life That's... until you leave. Well, whatever. We take a two-week break, but we're going to record before that, so I'll find we out will. soon enough. <laughs> Victory is mine. Oh, I'm so happy right now. So so now when listeners have been for two weeks been going, wait, you're ending it there? <laughs> Why would you do that? Because that's the... Shy is the one that wrote it that way. We cannot be blamed. Anyway, final thoughts on the end of season eight slash book three? No. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. That's all I have to say. While Cat processes, we're going to go thank our patrons. Thank you to our June Foxes. Anthony, Professor Magana Got It Going On. Claire Soothes My ADHD Goblin Brain. Aww. Jade, Tori, Stacy, Camille, Sierra, Leanne, Kiara, Shannon, Sandra, Martina, Claire, Lynn, Kayla, Nicole, Jordan, Diana, Kenny, Ryland, Amber, Sarah, Matthias, Jackie, Carissa, Sarah, Rachel, Ashley Lynn, April, Chelsea, Audrey, Kaylin, Melissa, Cauldron Mist, another one for the baby jar, Crystal, Catherine, Sarah, Chris, Cassie, Nina, Dan, Ryder, Miriam, Samantha, Crystal, Sylvia, Becky, Jillian, Shauna, Ash, Misha, Shona, Kendra, Montana, Crystal, Frau Holly, Matthew, and Jasmine. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you once again to all of our Patreons. We appreciate all of you. And uh, we hope you enjoy binging during this two-week break, or maybe listen to another podcast. I mean, if you want to cheat on us and you hate us and you want to listen to other people. No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> but yes, we will see you in two weeks. Hannah Beth, what day do we come back? Allegedly. In theory, if my kid, if our kids decide to stay well, we will be back uh, July 8th. July 8th. All right. Because right. this episode posts the 24th. Yes. And then we two, take a break. Two no, week breaks. I'm sorry. Two week breaks. So the 15th, July 15th. Yes. Right? That sounds right. Okay. Well, we will see you next 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 month next month we will see you next oh. fire whiskey mind fuck friday <laughs> <laughs> watch out <laughs>thank you for listening to another episode of fire whiskey and honey a special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.
That was amazing. I love you so much. <laughs> My 12th Friday. <laughs> She's bitter. <sighs> she keeps shaking her head at us. She's mad. She she big mad. Also, it's not our fault. I didn't write I it. I didn't say it was. Alright, just making sure that you- I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at homegirl who's gonna watch this. <laughs> That's who I'm looking at. And I Shy is just going, God, the tears, the frustration. Beautiful yeah. skin. <laughs>